We needed to take a break from the Blue Boy Scout for a while. After we packed up and left Metropolis, we headed back to our office. Things settled down and we planned our next move to document the evolution of the Justice League's members. It wasn't until Joanne brought a newspaper article to our attention that we knew where we would start next. There was a reward out for Wonder Woman to reveal her secret identity, and we knew just the detective to partner up with to get to the bottom of this shady deal. Hi, my name is John. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Shannon. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. We have Shannon back, obviously. I'm sure you all missed her very much. So much. There you go. Uh, It's because I'm wonderful. Exactly. Speaking of wonders, we don't really have a lot of wonders in the content. However, I will say that there's some interesting stuff going on in these stories that make them better i think there's a lot of there's a theme that i'm going to bring up that i'm going to bring up that i don't really understand why it's why it's a thing i i may know what you're referring to maybe not i don't know but it'll be fun maybe we both have different themes i don't know um you got peanut butter in my chocolate yeah there you go all right peanuts aside we're gonna we're gonna look at uh seven issues of wonder woman here which is impressive, kind of, because if you think about how much there is in this, that's kind of a lot of content. Yeah. It's not as much, of course, as Superman and Batman because they're in detective and action and world's finest and Superman and Batman and Justice League and what have you. Um, but for her, she she actually seems to have more content that is heftier than yeah. any of the other characters at this time. Larger narrative units. Exactly. Uh, so starting... With that, we have Wonder Woman number 106, May 1959. A giant from another planet captures Wonder Woman and Steve while all of her powers have disappeared for 24 hours. And Very apparently specific. she was supposed to know about that. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Paradise Island and, and, and the Queen all seem to be very concerned about 10 a.m. on June uh, 19th. Story structure. Not the strong point of these books. Exactly. Uh, the giants, of course want wonder woman and steve to be on this charm bracelet that he's giving to his girlfriend or woman that he's trying to impress giantess that he's trying to impress that's a good shirt uh giantess to impress um and wonder woman challenges them to trials to see that if she can beat them they will let them go and of course she wins and says that you can never harm anyone ever again and leave people alone and respect them it's a very specific thing that she gives them to say because apparently well according... she apparently gets to own their planet yeah the victor of these challenges can do some pretty nebulous very high up law type things and she just tells them to just knock off picking on people and they're like all right we have to do it now which is a really bad legal structure to have in your country it's just like if anyone wins any championship they can just tell everyone to do whatever they want it's like it's got to be anarchy up there um we move to the next story. A chameleon girl, that's all we're given, is a girl who's from a different planet whose inhabitants can change shape. She swaps places with Wonder Girl on Paradise Island, and Paradise Island is invaded by aliens at the same time that this happens, and eventually, as Wonder Girl saves the people on the chameleon girl's planet, she is teleported back, and Wonder Girl gets on the board by destroying a flying saucer. And that is body count one for Wonder Girl, which is still Diana. And after destroying this flying saucer, they're just like, hey, thanks, uh, sorry about the mix-up, later. Except she stays. Chameleon Girl can't go back. 
And so there's this little mini foreshadowing. More stories later. Yeah. Someday. Which which and nothing. Nev- and nothing. I, and that was super Never down because I actually I like I like the idea of oh building out the the character roster yeah. of Wonder Girl the supporting stories. cast for for Wonder Girl and Wonder and Wonder Woman like because presumably yeah. she would still be there unless something terrible happens to her on Paradise Island but we don't know. It makes me wonder if she was the start for the inspiration of Chameleon Boy for Legion. It's possible. Legionnaires. It's entirely possible. Um, Wonder Woman number 107, July 1959. Uh, again, Wonder Woman books are seem to be swapping heavily between Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl stories, which are still Diana, not Cassie, or Donna Troy, Wonder Girl. So we'll get to them later, but for now it's still Diana as a little girl, much like Clark as a little boy in Superboy. Um Wonder Girl sees herself uh, in the future due to a time machine that t- shows them the future on Paradise Island, which so is super irresponsible if you have a time machine that's that accurate that you don't just stop everything that happens. Like if you like, and you're just looking at yourselves in the future, you're not like stopping I feel wars. That's really egotistical to watch yourself yeah. do this feat of heroism. Yeah, it's it's both egotistical and super unhelpful that they're just like. Yeah, we can see everything that happens in time, and we don't do anything about it. I don't Look understand. Look at my it... outfit; it's so cute. Right, Wonder Girl sees her outfit in the future and says, "Like, I kind of want an outfit like that." And uh, her mother, Hippolyta, says, "All right, we'll have a bunch of Amazons design you a new outfit than just this toga that you've got on." She was perfect. So they all design an outfit that they like eventually, and they say, okay, so we're not just going to, like, give it to you, because, like, where's the fucking fun in that? So we're going to torture you by making you do a bunch of challenges, because we don't have anything else to do with our lives here on this (laughs) island, because we're not helping anyone else other than ourselves. So, we're just going to make you do a bunch of weird stuff to get the parts of your costume. Wonder Girl goes, I want to do a bunch of hard stuff, so I'm going to put in the exact weirdest things that I can think about. And then when everyone goes, okay, we don't know who submitted these. These are the hardest challenges. Who wrote these? Oh my god, Diana, you wrote these? These are ridiculous. What is wrong with you? And she's like, it's cool, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And <laughs> basically yeah. meets uh, a little mer boy at some point. Says so like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, I'm going to be important later. And disappears after she gets her stars for her toga. Um, a little uh, like eagle thing for her chest. It's, it's one it's mm-hmm. one other thing. Was it? Did she get the lasso. lasso? The lasso, right. It's Is it the lasso or it's a lasso? the lasso, I think. I've... We have the book. I think. A lasso just like the one I'll use when I'm older. Yeah, so a lasso. We don't know if it has the same abilities as the lasso of truth, but it is... But it does sparkle. It it is luminescent. Luminescent. uh, Like that lasso. It is drawn to have an aura Mm. of light off of it. So... it reads to me like, oh, this is a lesser version. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not giving her the the bracelets that are super powerful or what have you. I mean, like, so it, it is a small toga facsimile of her outfit that is much more Grecian than her normal outfit would be in general, which is kind of a bummer, because I feel like her outfit should be more Grecian, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. One-piece swimsuit is what we have. And so Wonder Girl gets all the gear, and she's got it. Now she's got a new costume. And she's got a new little boyfriend. Not yet. She ha- We have met the merboy, though. But the merboy basically goes, like, that he has a crush on her. The right. heart, the girl I lost my heart to, and he keeps her hair ribbon, because he's sweet like that. Yes, we will see the merboy again in a few uh, issues. Um, but yeah, they are actually kind of building out the cast for Wonder yeah. Girl to have, like, a supporting cast, which is kind of interesting. And I'm going to segue a little bit. Uh, I'm going to, again, I'm going to talk a little more about this later on, but... There's much more of a sense of place in Wonder Girl stories because they all take place in either uh, on Paradise Island or uh, 
like going around in the water or something. It's not. Uh, she doesn't spend time in man's world. Yeah. So it's much more. She's spending time with the other Amazons. It's like, dope. Uh, the second story of Wonder Woman 107 is a group of aliens use metal suits and horses to pretend to be Jesse James and Billy the Kid and fly around in the air and just rob things. And uh, it scares pretty much everybody. But Wonder Woman makes a giant magnet, gets them yep. attached to the magnet, and flies them home and then just leaves them there. And that's it. That's the end of the story. She just says, like, hey, knock it off. And they're like, alright, we're done. Just kidding. We were trying to scare you people to see if we could soften you up for invasion. But I mean, like, yeah, magnets are our one weakness. That's weird. That was a bad plan. I feel for a group that was that sophisticated. Yeah. Honestly, just giving up. Was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's to be, well, if we just say we give up now... We can then invent something else, and we'll be back. Yeah, they tricked Wonder Woman to get to their planet. It's perfect. Just right? fight her Free right fight. there by herself with no Earthling support. So, one thing that wasn't clear from the text in this is whether it whether they intended to just keep doing this same thing, but maybe on a bigger scale of just basically just fucking with humans, uh, right. or if it was no, we're going to invade and conquer because right. there's some of the language that implies either one, and if it's like okay. We're just going to keep going to Earth and messing around with people and having a good time. Then if it's, well, we're not ever going to bring enough resources to bear to defeat Wonder Woman and she's going to spoil our fun. Nah, screw it. There are other planets. Right. But if it's like invasion, yeah, you're this is your this. chance. Yeah, you're, you're bad, bad at this. You're bad and you should feel bad. Exactly. My favorite piece for that one was there's she's getting shot at with bullets doesn't use her bracers to deflect it, is holding her tiara. Oh, God, that's right. The, the Amazonium tiara. Amazonium, strongest <laughs> metal ever. Yeah. I really do wonder if Superman can bend it. I'm just curious for just yeah. scientific curiosity if Superman is stronger than Amazonium. Uh, Wonder Woman number 108, August 1959. A group of aliens mind control Wonder Woman to make her do things contrary to her wishes to get her to be an outcast, pariah, and criminal. And okay, readers. Guess yeah. what the first thing they have her do is. Just guess. Yeah, Ready? this is this Ready? is a, this is a good one. Don't choose. Oh no, no, that one was wrong. Yep, that guess was wrong too. Okay, I know you're stumped. They made her say yes to Steve Trevor's marriage proposal. Yeah, as a test run. They're like, yep. let's just see if it works. Let's see if we can make her marry someone against her wishes. Just because we can. It's it's the. Ugh. Yep. Ugh. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I have that. Un I have that one underlined in my notes too. The very first thing they do after making a puppet out of a woman superhero is yeah. is force her into a marriage agreement. Yep. Um, they then have her rob a few things and just like perfect. Wonder Woman is wanted, and it's actually kind of a great cover for that issue. I mm -hmm. love. It's kind of very Days of Future Pasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before Days of Future Past. It's Wonder Woman uh, spotlighted by the police on a wall with a giant wanted Wonder Woman poster next to her. And it's very cool looking, actually. So now I'm kind of wondering whether there's, like, something that both of them are drawing inspiration from. That shot of, oh, a wanted poster and then the the heroes to the side in a spotlight. I wonder if there's, like, a movie poster. I'm sure there was, like, a noir book or a yeah. movie like that, but regardless, this is a, just a, this is several years before Days of Future Past, okay, so it's likely that Days of Future Past probably drew inspiration from this before yeah. anything else. Okay. Anyway, uh, of course she tricks them by 
uh, by doing extra crime to th- make them think like, oh wow, yeah, she's totally under our controls now. She's just doing it on her own accord, and draws them out of hiding, lassos them around the Empire State Building, and then uses the Empire State Building as a sling to just sling them into space so hard that the friction destroys the craft. That's a body count three, because there were three aliens on the ship, so she's up to four. Ding, 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 ding. Right. Didn't she also destroy a sub at one point earlier? Yeah, she. we, okay. had, we had that. Uh, yeah. That's previous. That's, oh, that Gimli? Okay. Yeah, we gimli that one. That was a okay. previous episode uh, of us doing this. And uh, the second story is a terrorist who can turn small objects into bombs plans to blow up three Wonder Woman stamps that are going to be shown somewhere that Wonder Woman Steve and General Darnell who is also supposed to be with Diana, um, are transporting. Wonder Woman, of course, stops this guy, but I have to bring something up real quick. Um, is this the same guy who gave her the chest of, like, right? stuff, like the eagle and the sawhorse that, like, grew and then, like, flew up into the sky and turned into bombs and blew up? Is this the same dude or just it another guy? similar. There's literally a story for, mm-hmm. er, earlier of a guy who sends her stuff in a box and then she she puts herself and Steve in the box, and the box flies back to the guy, and then she shows up and she's like, don't do that. And he's like, oh, you got me. And I don't understand how we did the exact same gimmick twice. Wait, no, strike that. I do understand, because we're going to get back to a bunch of other stuff yep. in a second. Yep. So, just to point that out, we have two villains doing the same gimmick, and no reference to it being the exact same villain, and it, the guy's even drawn differently. So, just a weird thing. Wonder Woman number 109, October 8, uh, 1959. Paradise Island gets hit by fireworks from giants who are in a sky dimension who are just hanging out, throwing fireworks, kind of like a bunch of random people in the desert. Um, Diana, as a young girl, Wonder Girl, flies up there and challenges them to another sort of Olympics situation where she says, if I can do three things that you can't do, you have to stop. And they're like, wow, yeah, I guess like we should not throw crap into other dimensions uh, (laughs) because we're scared of you. Like, that was their reasoning, was like... Well, no, they straight up went, okay, but if we win, we're going to keep throwing fireworks, and because all of your people are going to be dead, you'll have to stay here with us. Right. Which is kind of, like, ancillary in in a sense that they're not like, we want you. It was more so like, you're not going to have anywhere to go. Might as well just hang out with us. And she was like, that sounds terrible. Why would I want that? And, uh, of course she wins and says, like, knock it off, and they're like, sure. I mean, you're scary and tiny. (laughs) So, uh, the second story is bad guys offer a million dollar reward to Wonder Woman to reveal her identity. So you get a bunch of phonies saying like, I'm Wonder Woman, which of course gets Wonder Woman to, uh, save a bunch of randos from getting killed by doing stupid feats to prove that they're Wonder Woman. I actually really like this plan. Yeah, this was actually not a bad idea. Uh, of course this was in an effort to draw out Wonder Woman to see who her secret identity really is. Which then she has to fool Steve and these guys into thinking that she is not Wonder Woman, uh, and Diana Prince at the same time. She then, uh, you know, of course wins by having the invisible jet fly next to her at the same time that she's Diana, or, yeah, Diana Prince, to make them go like, oh my god, Wonder Woman must be a different person, because there's no way a jet could fly by itself in the 1950s. Well, this one bothered me, because it's, she first reveals her identity as Diana Prince, and Steve is like, oh, I was such a fool. And then she has to manage to somehow make them think that Oh, she lied to them and wasn't actually. Right. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of layers of deception I think Steve's and we- stupid. 
Oh, uh, he know, is. He must be. He is. Uh, the nineteen dull. The 1950s and 60s version of Steve Trevor is a huge dolt. Um, also, I want to point something out here that really, really bothered me. Steve is insisting that Diana and him, uh, or Wonder Woman and him, are engaged. Well, that was... So I think that came from when her mind control, because that was the first time she said yes to the marriage proposal. She goes, yes, I will marry you. And he's like, oh my gosh, really? Like, you make me so happy. She's like, oh, yeah. Um, and then it's stuck where she hasn't managed to backpedal and be like, yo, sorry, it was just these aliens. Hmm. And so now they're engaged. There, there's one proposal where she says yes initially and then says uh, and then it's realized oh you were under control I'm not going to hold you to that was it that one or was I don't it know if one? it's that one but then there was the uh, an episode we've done previously where there was a couple issues where I thought he proposed her and she was like nah dog like, <laughs> there's been a lot of that like one way or another like no, it's, it's, an... it's fucked up uh, but yeah it just it's a it's a good story but it's a weird preamble up to it so that's just kind of interesting uh, Wonder Woman number 110, November 1959. So Steve is put under a spell that makes him enthralled to go find a princess that is hiding on Earth. Her people are an alien race and they have come to Earth saying, uh, return our princess to us in 24 hours or we'll destroy everything. Very Men in Black. Um, and oh yeah, wow. That's yeah, the Men in Black story. Uh, I forgot about return, that. Return to the galaxy, return the galaxy to us or be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the princess is found in the jungle doing a weird like siren bit with a flute and steve is immediately drawn to her and wonder woman's like um what's going on here and she's like well i was bored of being a princess on my planet because there's so many princesses and i didn't feel like it was special so i wanted to go to a different planet and become special elsewhere because what's the point of being a princess if you're not special like ironclad logic there um and so she's like i now need a prince or a guy to fall in love with me since i am a princess and i have taken your man and i am a better princess than you and diana says bullshit i don't (laughs) i don't accept this and she's like too bad she points a flute at her and makes her paralyzed and wonder woman has to do a bunch of challenges hopping like standing completely straight up and hopping and of course she wins because she's diana um but the princess is like fine i'll go back to my people and Diana goes, come on, Steve, let's let's leave. And he's like, I'm still in love with her because she didn't un-siren me. Like, that spell is still in effect. And Diana's like, oh, shit, I have to give up Steve. So she flies Steve and the princess up to the aliens to be like, here's your, your chick. Take her, off, take her out of my sight. And they're like, oh, thank God. Our princess. We appreciate it, Earth. They zap the princess and it shows her true form, which is just a robot. Well, they're like, none of us look like that. That can't be our princess. Right. Yeah, because they have, like, a room full of disguises. At one point, we see in the princess flashback where she's talking about her planet. And she's just a robot. And the second that Steve is like, I can't have sex with that. Uh, What he he doesn't know. Yeah, what he doesn't. (laughs) Wait a few years, Steve. Um, But he sees that, and he's just like, you're a robot, and your spell is broken. What happened to my life? Why have I become this? Who's writing me currently? I'm really upset. And Diana's like, me too, bro. And they fly off into the sunset, and that's the end of the story. Um, I may be ad-libbing some of those lines, but it's pretty much word for word what I just said happened in the comic. <laughs> I'm um, word for word. word there was, I might have embellished just a tad. Nope, word um, but for word. for word, word that's exactly bro. what happened. Uh, specifically Steve saying, I can't have sex with that. Uh, 
which it's seems like that they got it past the comments. I really, like, I know, mean, you know. I'm I'm surprised that wasn't a Hal Jordan line, but you know, <laughs> very much a Steve Trevor moment. Uh, Steve Trevor, we missed you. Uh, Wonder Woman number one eleven, January nineteen sixty. Happy New Year. A bad guy, Professor Menace. A great name. I don't know what exactly he's a professor of, but presumably Menace. Um, and he makes a robot, Wonder Woman. And he says, hey, Underworld, I've got a robot, Wonder Woman, and a plan that is completely foolproof. Don't ask too many questions or poke too many holes in it. Uh, basically, what I want to do is I want to challenge Wonder Woman to a contest between my robot Wonder Woman and see if we can push her out of the, the hero business and make her go back to Paradise Island. And they're like, foolproof why would i poke holes in that idea he's like exactly so he got, he challenges wonder woman to a bunch of contests and this is my favorite part steve goes hmm if wonder woman doesn't need to be a superhero we can finally get married it's almost as if steve didn't pay attention to the, cr the critical issue with this bet which was if my robot wins you have to go back to paradise island it's like Steve didn't hear that bit. It yeah. was, all he heard was, if my robot wins, you have to quit. Which means you become mine. Right. Again, And Steve. I will give kudos to the robot. It's a damn good robot. It's a damn yeah. convincing robot. It is very well made. It is, I mean, Superman's robots are very similarly made. Mm -hmm. uh, presumably this guy is now a threat to Superman because the robot, uh, the robot replicant impersonator game is now jumped up a bunch because now Wonder Woman's got one. Um... So Wonder Woman, of course, loses to this robot because the challenge he makes, which is, a, which is, God, she shouldn't have let him pick the challenge, which is, I want to see how long you can stay awake for, which is shit. Like, the second he said that, I was like, well, of course she has to lose now. So she loses, and she's about to fly back to Paradise Island, and the guy's like, all right, I'm going to have my robot take her out. Because her just leaving isn't good enough. Right. She's a woman of her word. She was literally doing the thing you wanted. It wasn't like she was going, hmm, there's something, how can I loophole my way out of this? She was like, whoop, whoop, gotta go. And Steve immediately goes, wait, where are you going? We're gonna get married. She's like, I'm going back to my home. That was the bet. Were you not paying attention? And he was like, of course I wasn't. <laughs> like, what do you yep. think? I don't even know what you look like. You know, God, like... Mr. Ryan, I forgot about that. So... I call you Angel and Wonder Woman. Yeah, I don't know your name. I've never asked that. Don't you think that's a red flag? Speaking of... <laughs> This is, I'm sorry, but every time it's Steve and Wonder Woman talking, all of their conversations are about marriage, yes. getting married, him Apropos going, of nothing. And I am stuck <laughs> wondering, what is their relationship built off of? What does she see in him? Because he sure. clearly doesn't talk to her she about She fought anything. a space robot princess for him. Why, though? And she got really <laughs> upset when yeah. he was suddenly like, I love, even though she probably should know he was under, her wisdom account just dropped so much. It's pretty bad, yeah. It's, but I was, I'm really trying to figure out time and time again what the relationship is built off of. I'm going back and rooting for Merboy because yeah. Merboy, they have a true friendship happening. Dude, like, yeah. flash forward, like, we get the shot of him just emerging with, like, the svelte beard. Hello. It only counts Wonder if it's Woman. nautical. It really only counts if it's nautical. Like, <laughs> the good boyfriends only count if they're nautical. Uh, it's it's the best relationship. So wait, You're wait, my wait. land is boyfriend it... and he's my sea boyfriend. Is the opposite of canonical canonical? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Duh. I'm so happy with myself. That's part of the lexicon I'm happy now. With you too. That's, that's part of the lexicon. I don't know why it isn't. Um, so, of course, she's about to fly back home, and Steve's like, oh, well, this didn't work the way I thought it would. 
And the robot Wonder Woman's like, perfect, now's my chance to kill her. And she's like, what are you doing, robot Wonder Woman? You got what you wanted. Robot Wonder Woman says nothing because she's a robot. And they fall into the ocean in a very actually cool fight scene. And there's a giant eel, uh, an electric eel, apropos of nothing. And she just like shoves it into her and the eel kills robot Wonder Woman. And the psychic feedback also hurts Professor Menace. Yeah, I guess he was, like, telepathically controlling it or something. And Mm -hmm. so he's out for the count, and Robot Wonder Woman's gone. So there's, uh, that's the end of that story. And speaking of, uh, Merboy and how good he is and everything, we're gonna actually get his name. His name is Reno. This is the second story in Wonder Woman number 111. Reno invites Wonder Girl to, uh, the prom, essentially. Um, I don't to think the, the undersea ball. Yeah, I don't think the theme is under the sea. <laughs> oh, well um, done. Or yeah, I don't think the theme is uh like enchant the the enchanted under the sea ball. I think it might. Be, I wonder if they like definitely themed May Day because it's, it's got an pole. undersea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the May Day pole, uh, which is May really Day. interesting. I really, uh, I really maple. wonder what their themes are. Like, oh, let's have let's have a land party, and they just like all put like flip flops on their fins and like put <laughs> they put like zinc on their noses to pretend like they're gonna get sunburned. Anyway, uh, so she gets invited to the under the sea prom by Reno the Merboy, and he's entirely proud of having Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl with him because he really likes her. And she's like, absolutely, Reno, you're a cool guy and you're very sweet. I don't see any problem with this. They go there, and all the mer people are dicks. Because they're like, she's ugly, she doesn't have scales, she doesn't have fins, blah blah blah. Weird, 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 we don't like you. And I'm like, mmm, mer people suck. Except uh, for Reno. Except for Reno. Reno's pretty Reno's dope. Cool. And then, as they're there, sea centaurs? Yes. yes. You can tell because their ears match the mermaid's ears. So, and, and I want to be very clear, these are not like sea horses. These are like sea horses. They are. They have. Hooves. Yeah, like nay horses, not like I'm a male and I have all the babies for my species. Seahorse. Um, I'm talking straight up. I've got hooves and a big body, and I look like a palomino. <laughs> like this is a, this, like I look like a paint horse. This is a big. That's that's a horseman underwater with like Spock ears. Like that's what we got going on here. Yep. And and no, no explanation how there are horse people in, in underwater. We're just gonna accept that. I really want to know the efficiency of their swimming ability. Yeah, how does that work? No, you know what? We're not gonna, we're not gonna go down that hole, that hole, because like, we're never gonna come out of that ridiculous labyrinth of how do for all of this. But <laughs> su- suffice it to say, it's a weird situation, and they're about to invade the mer people, such uh, inhabitants, uh, and over a pearly crown, over a crown that is being. Put on top of the Mayday pole that is one is it's not important. Bottom line being, Wonder Girl stops this weird sort of ha- Hatfields and McCoy rivalry situation. Yeah, it feels very like gang fight of yeah. like we're gonna go to their prom and we're gonna rumble. It's it's not an invasion, all right. Like it's five dudes in a Winnebago showing <laughs> up to the little town of Footloose and being like, we don't like your rules. And, like, tipping over some shit. And then, like, Kevin Bacon starts a fight, but somehow Wonder Girl is there. And she's like, no, guys, knock it off. This is dumb. And they're like, good point. And, again, word for word, 
what happened in the comic. Uh, and she stops him, and Renault's like, you know what? We're not so different, you and I, horse person. And he's like, you're you're good, you're a good egg, kid. And they shake hands, and everyone's happy. And it's like Ariel doing in harmony. Yeah, exactly. Harmony, you're you and me together. We can live in harmony. Exactly. It's almost exactly that huh? situation. Uh, Wonder Woman number one twelve. Also, Reno and Wonder Girl are super cute together. And They're I'm, so I'm pulling cute. for that. I'm pulling for that. I ship oh, it. Yeah. I'm shipping for that nautical ship. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman number one twelve, February nineteen sixty. This is the last story we're gonna look at. Um, Wonder Woman sends a contest winner, namely Bonnie, back in time, as one of her three wishes that she's granted for being just the coolest kid in the world, as part of this contest. Uh, first of all, Wonder Woman can grant wishes. That's weird. Second mm-hmm. of all, they have a time machine? Yeah, not only do they have the you can view yourself in the future, past, wow. whatnot. Yeah. Apparently, you can send it. Yeah, so she wants to spend time with Wonder Girl as her third wish. And Wonder Woman's like, sure, dope, that doesn't sound weird at all. And puts <laughs> her in a time machine. And Wonder Girl's like, oh, look, the time machine's working. Something must be happening. And sees a strange girl from another time and goes, hey, I'm Wonder Girl. And she's like, you from the future sent me back here. She's like, seems legit. Uh, and they end up having an adventure where they meet Reno. Hey, look, he's back. Reno is just kind of chilling out and says like, hey, what's going on, Wonder Girl? And new friend. She's like, I'm Bonnie. And he's like, cool, I'm a mermaid. Don't freak out about it. And she's like, not at all. This has not been the weirdest thing that's happened today. And they go to... After putting on, like, those weird, like, invisible Amazon suits, they go underwater to look at a shipwreck that Wonder Girl and Reno have found, and they pull the chest out, and they're like, cool, hey, Bonnie, let's open this treasure chest and stuff. And as they open it, a bunch of robot bugs come out that then begin to exponentially increase in size because apparently uh, reacting to oxygen makes them grow. Sure. And they start gassing Paradise Island with this weird gas that they exude when they breathe, which knocks out all the other Amazons except for Bonnie and Wonder Girl because they're in their super suits. And they end up stopping them by leading them into a cold freezing chamber that the Amazons just fuck around with for science fun. Specifically kept at absolute zero. Right. Who boy. I mean, we've already had problems with that with Captain Cold. We're not going to bring that up too much. Uh, luckily, there's no mirages happening in there, so we don't have to deal <laughs> with cold mirages. But, you know, whatever. And they knock the the aliens into the thing. They, turn, they crank it up to max, and it shrinks the aliens uh, back to normal, and they put them away, and they're like, congrats. And Wonder Girl goes, wow, that was a weird day, huh? Uh, gotta send you back to the future. And she goes, cool, thanks. Um, bye. Get sent back to the future. And Bonnie goes back to her normal life in rural wherever. And Wonder Woman's like, mm-hmm, don't remember that ever happening to me ever in the history of my life, but apparently now that happened in time travel. So we have a couple themes here that I want to bring up. Uh, namely, the first one is giants. Why? <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of giants just happening in the Silver Age. Don't know why. Don't know what that's about. Because let me, like, they're fantasy creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably, as long as they're not grinding people's bones into bread, yeah. they're fine. But, like, did Kaniger just go, yeah, it's vaguely fantasy. Like, he didn't, like, bother to look up a book of mythological creatures from, from Greek mythology and just be like, I wonder when you fight a chimera or something. Or, yeah, there's I don't know. There's no Greek here. There's no, yeah, it's all, it's all Anglo things. So, one, giants. Weird. Two, a lot of aliens. Yep. 
specifically targeting Wonder Woman. Yep. Not like the planet in general. Specifically Wonder Woman trying to wreck her day. And my favorite, mermaids! You know who else has a mermaid significant other? Superman! Yeah. Why? Why why did the why did the at the end of the golden age the silver age happened and someone was like, you know what the perfect significant other is? Like there was two editors in the bullpen. Man, I wish I had a mermaid girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what? A mermaid girlfriend. You never had you never thought about a mermaid girlfriend? No, I can't say that I have. Let me show you why a mermaid girlfriend's great. And then just wrote this story and it was like it's a good story. You think that could translate to to Superman? Yeah, watch. And just <laughs> And now there's like two. This is two members of the Trinity, who have specifically had mermaid significant others when they were younger. Okay, I'm literally going to look up Batman mermaid now. Please do. <laughs> Please let me know if Batman also had a mermaid significant. Oh, you know who had an underwater significant other? Robin, in the Golden Age. Remember when they went to Atlantis because the Nazis were in Atlantis and Robin pretended to be that prince because he looked oh, exactly yeah, like that yeah, prince yeah. and him and the and him and the princess hit it off. Robin has a mermaid. Uh, an Atlantean girlfriend. What? Why? Why? And, and Superboy had a mermaid girlfriend. So Superman and Superboy had mermaid girlfriends. There is a mermaid Batman. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. Um, well, one, one thing I do want to bring up, though, in, this, in the vein of mermaids and who doesn't have a mermaid significant other, Aquaman. The one dude, <laughs> the one dude constantly in the water... Where you would think he would run across a mermaid significant other would be like, that guy's pretty cool. I mean, it's been a does while. not. <laughs> it's been a while since we read some uh, Aquaman, so may- maybe something gets someday. Introduced. Someday his mermaid but, will I mean, come. I mean, we'll but f- yeah, they probably still wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, probably still wouldn't be a mermaid. But let's yeah, let's right. put it this way, because yeah, the Atlanteans are yeah. definitely not mer people. Right. They are people that live underwater. These are straight up got half fish body mer people. Why? But yeah, I mean, I guess the comics code couldn't have couldn't have vampire significant others because the comics. God, code you're right. Yeah, that you that... can't have vampire significant others or werewolf significant others or Batman ghost significant others. They have to be, I guess, mer people because they're in that nebulous gray area of mythological creatures that no one's afraid of. Yeah, like that's weird, right? This is the weirdest comics code code loophole is mer people. And you would think, because they're constantly in states of undress, that someone would be like, mm, women constantly in bikinis and such, because of how the comics code would think that would be saucy when it really isn't. I'm trying to think of the portrayals of women specifically. I mean, uh, we have... Clamshells and tails. Yeah, we did, yeah. Clamshells and tails. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is like, <laughs> that's a great restaurant. Uh, I was going to say, like... Clamshells uh, and tails. You know what it is? It's a high-concept indie, like, surf rock band. That's a that's the name of the episode, I'm telling you right now. Clamshells yeah, and tails. Yeah, yeah. I maintain that yep. Warner Girl stories are substantially better because there is more creativity and yeah. world design at work. There. Oh, 100% agree yeah. with you. The Wonder Girl stories are much more interesting because they play to what you would imagine Wonder Woman stories would deal with. Weird yeah. mythological situations. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is the Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl stories are clearly experimental because mm-hmm. if you look at pretty much every issue of Wonder Girl, they're asking the audience 
Do you want more stories of Wonder Girl? Do you want to see more of this Merboy? What did you think of her, like, outfit when we made her outfit? Oh, by the way, they even say at the end of the whole Winner Bonnie's episode going i'd like to hear from the readers about it first bonnie i can be reached care of wonder woman national comics Hmm. wonder woman straight up says that that's not even like you know it's a weird turn to the camera moment yeah she's straight up telling bonnie that she can be reached through comics i wonder who was responding as wonder woman God, that'd be really cool. Yeah, great job. Yeah, I'm Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. By the way, DC, I will respond to Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Totally down. I'll FYI. do it. I'll do it as whichever of the Green Lanterns you want me to. It's probably going to be Guy Gardner, knowing what you would want me to do. But <laughs> ooh, sure. even better, I will be Batman, and I will respond to every single thing that anyone sends me. I am the Knight. Yeah, and that's it. I am the Knight, written in one sentence in the center of the page. I mean, I, I feel like Batman's not the person to send your uh, your request for Miss Manners kind of stuff to. On that's, the back is it? On the back is crayon written cursive of Robin. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? Will you be my friend? Leave them alone, Robin. Guy, <laughs> yeah, you just get like the chat between them on the back of the of the uh, postcard. Anyway, that was a fun exercise. Uh, Matt, you've got notes, I'm sure. I've got I'm sure notes. Shannon has some things that she wants. Oh, to I've say. been tossing Shannon. them in. Oh, good, good, good. It was like their conversation, fail whales. There's yeah. the the whole reader participation was actually kind of interesting. Going, they're clearly going. Is this okay, guys? Tell us if it's not. And, and frankly, it's more interesting. Oh yeah. They are completely less feminist. I mean, it's hard not to be less feminist than Marsden when Marsden was a pretty bad bar for feminism anyway. But they are more interesting in those stories and I kind of hope that Superboy is as well. Uh, let's see. So, first off, creative team. All of these are the exact same creative team. That's one of the one of the advantages of it being a, a single book. It's just Wonder Woman issues that we've been looking at instead of like action and Superman. Uh, but also just the staff is really consistent. It's Whitney Ellsworth as the executive editor. Uh, he did, I'm pretty sure he did Superman. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did... Uh, uh, world's finest. Ganniger mm. uh, is writer. Ross Andrew is penciler. M- Mike Esposito inking for all stories. The only real one that really stands out to me is Whitney Ellsworth because we we have never really enjoyed his stuff. It's whimsy without it being great. With the art, uh, uh, Whitney Ellsworth as the executive editor. Mm. The big thing that I want to talk about, and this is this is going to sound a little bit familiar uh so i'm just going to kind of skim like do this as an update uh the past two times i've talked about first off the reason that i liked the superman story or the superman stories uh or the superboy stories and supergirl stories more than i liked uh like action comics superman stories uh and also just the bits about how a core character feels less weird to look back on these stories for than or it looks it feels more weird to look at core characters and have them be this different versus oh here's a character that just existed in this i think it talked about how if there's uh, a character that does something different than we expect for a year oh that's an interesting direction uh if they do it for 50 years that's a different character uh and i want to talk a little bit about how uh the Wonder Girl stories, I talk about how much I, more I like them, in part because they're more localized. 
part, but also, like, they're on Paradise Island. Oh, we're getting introduced to stuff that's a little bit more within the realm of what we think of as Wonder Woman. But I think even more important, it's the Overton window is not established for Wonder Girl yet. Uh, to pull that phrase from politics. So the over the Overton window is the idea of like here are the ranges of acceptable discourse. Uh, like what we accept as, oh, this is acceptably left, this is acceptably right. Anything outside those ranges is nope, that's not that is something that everybody agrees to ostracize. But that idea of here's the range of things that are accepted as part of this character. I think is a concept I want to bring in uh, a perspective that I've been looking at these stories with because aliens there's a whole lot of aliens in this yeah and it's not like oh I'm part of the Justice League and there are aliens around it's like no there are just aliens Sputnik went up three years ago at this point and everything is sci-fi 75% of everything is sci-fi and that feels like it's outside of the character Overton window because Wonder Woman doesn't deal with aliens unless it's a justice league story yeah yeah uh so let's compare that to wonder girl and i think wonder girl supergirl uh superboy to a degree uh these are stories where we don't have a defined range of what is part of their character and what isn't now with super with uh wonder girl it fits better because she is dealing with stuff that we think of as wonder woman appropriate but at the same time, it's also, here is a character who is distinctly different, has broke, is not the same as the core version of the character, and hasn't had the range of this is what's normal defined for us as. It's the first, it's when we first look at a character in, uh, in the Silver Age, it's like, okay, what's normal in the Silver Age? Okay, here's Wonder Girl, what's normal for Wonder Girl? We don't have that yet, and having that ability to, or that freshness, I think, makes those stories a lot more enjoyable. Because like, okay, I guess this is what's normal. Cool mermaid, cool mermaid boyfriend, cool. Uh, hanging out with time travel and uh, cool adventures. All right, cool. Uh, so not really a ton of new stuff there, but I liked realizing that the fact that these characters haven't had their normal defined is part of what makes them interesting to me. That actually, I'm going to segue that a little bit in. A little bit behind the scenes how I've started approaching the show. Because you might you might have noticed, like, earlier on it felt like I was trying more to have not even, like, a fully developed opinion, but to I felt like... I was failing the show sometimes by not having like, oh, this is what I feel about all of this. Here is all of my knowledge about this character in this era and how I feel about them, what they did and didn't do. It kind of felt like I, I was approaching it as though I needed to come into every episode as an existing expert. One of the things I've really taken out of the Silver Age and how much time we've spent covering stories that are at times pretty similar is that it's giving me time to let my opinions evolve to notice things more and more notice what patterns exist 
Uh, I'm starting to view this as a place for opinions to be dynamic, I guess, to evolve, uh, for expertise to evolve as well. Right. Uh, and that's interesting. Like, it's, I think that's a very healthy thing, and I'm glad that I'm doing it. But it's interesting, like, having the shift in viewpoint of how I approach the show, and I'm very happy about that. Okay. Uh, it also means, like, uh, I'm... I am noticing more and more, like, that there are bits of this that I'm, like, starting to pull into conversational pieces. Like, I was talking with somebody about J.J. Abrams' mystery boxes. The idea of, well, this is just kind of a mystery for mystery's sake. Let's, there is no core story bit. And one particular bit that the guy brought up, and I talked a little bit about, yeah, and... It similar. It feels similarly like how there's the stories of, of mysteries to the reader. It's like uh, the Hitchcock thing of you know that there's a bomb under the table is so much more engaging than oh there was a bomb under the table. Uh, whereas and here what we've got so often is why is what why are things weird with Wonder Woman instead of the dramatic irony of oh we know this is what's wrong. How is it going to get resolved? There are stakes. Stakes are important, and we so often don't have stakes because the twist comes super late, uh, because the mystery, uh, they're relying on the mystery. So it's it's been interesting to spend a bunch of time covering these stories and seeing the bits that I keep pulling out new and over time, uh, which is a rambling way of going about it, but I'm... It is a thing that I'm happy about that this is a place Good. where we're this is a place where we're learning. It's not a place where we're having learned. Right. <laughs> I called this out a little bit uh, while we were going through, but this one bugged me. Speaking of fiat challenges and fiat mystery stuff, uh, all the Amazon stuff losing power for a day, like Why? at ten ten a.m. and the fact that it was foreshadowed on page five out of a like fourteen page story. It's like that's not how this goes. Yeah. If you're gonna foreshadow, you do it early enough that it's like okay Chekhov's gun there's a reason they say Chekhov's gun happens in the first scene right uh dumb thing that bugged me when the giants are first doing the olympics the guys were uh fishing for submarines uh which implies that the submarines are like roughly the size of humans kind of because it, it felt like oh we're super big we're hauling submarines but later on when wonder woman is doing the challenges it's like oh and here's a mouse it's like nope that's uh that's really big relative to wonder woman so well, are the submarines just yeah the yep. unicorn that she even, had to ride. it wasn't yeah. even a giant mouse it was just a horse that they decided to call a mouse yeah uh but it, and then there was the the bird and the bird was also gigantic relative to wonder woman it's like so the submarine is the one thing that wasn't scaled up to giant size uh also speaking of like fiat stuff uh the alien invasion that is in the uh, chameleon girl uh, chameleon girl story. They don't explain the aliens. It just happens. It just it, happens. I had to reread that page like five times to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Nope. It just happens. I fucking hate the story structure in so many of these stories. I also want to adding to the uh, adding to the shipping of Renault and Wonder Girl when there's the bit where Wonder Girl is doing the three tasks to get the parts of her costume. Renault is like hanging around. But Reno never does the tasks for her. Yeah. He, mm -hmm. at, like, the most involvement he has is, uh, with the tasks themselves, is, hey, 
that rock, that uh, ROC, uh, the giant bird, that you're trying to get into its nest is coming back and it's about to like claw the shit out of you. The yeah. other times that he gets involved are not are, are things where it's like uh, this unrelated uh, giant swordfish is coming for you. Yeah. He is only ever warning. He's never doing anything for her, and he's ne- especially never interfering in the tasks. Reno Wonder yeah. Girl ship for life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Also, like we talked a little bit about. How, all right, I, I think I talked a little bit at the start of my long ramble of how bland and flavorless Wonder Woman stories are, and the sci-fi side especially. It's like, oh. Wonder Woman and sci-fi stories. One thing that really helps to keep in mind about Wonder Woman stories at this time is, like Justice League, the character and the settings and the powers and the items of Wonder Woman really don't matter here. Yeah. These are script mad libs. And the only thing that makes them different than a lot of Superman stories is that she doesn't have a secret identity that she's really worried about. Uh, and one of the reasons that this... there, I, I think one of the reasons they don't have as many secret identity stories is not because they don't want to do the exact same thing as Superman does, it's that there's no character who is the person trying to figure it out. Like, there's the one there's the one story where she's trying to hide her secret identity again, but she's worried about just it being exposed. There's no... It's passive voice. Yeah. There's no active voice character. There's it's no like voice character. It's like the guy who wants to get married with her isn't even looking for her. He's like, nope. I would recognize her if I saw her, and we've just never crossed paths. Which is yeah. also Skeev Trevor. It's it's also not true. Like we know that's not he he wouldn't be able to recognize her if he crossed paths with her. We know it's not true. Uh, major thing that bugs me: the Amazons are America. Uh, there's no sense of the Amazons trying to bring a change to the world because they're treated as having the exact same values and achievements as America. The Amazons, when uh, what's her name Bonnie, they, Bonnie comes, uh, you know, she is brought. Uh, she the thing that she is brought to uh, Paradise Island and given wishes for is that she won a contest in America uh, for demonstrating to the world what a young American is really like. I mean, it's one thing to remove the flavor of, oh, the Amazons are like uh, trying to drive change or specifically having different values, but they're effectively treated as a single country. Yeah. Uh, the Amazons are America, and that bugs me. I have one last thing. Yes. And it is challenges. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of... Actually, I think the reason that we see this is because we don't have, like, combat much. We have some, but a lot of it is, hey, we're going to challenge each other. Loser loses their stakes. Uh, loser has to go back to Paradise Island. Uh, loser has to stop throwing fireworks at uh, Paradise Island. Five of the 12 stories have a defined challenge like that. Yeah. It's insane. Because they and don't want her to fight. Yeah, and I think it really is that. I think there aren't a lot of like, oh, combat, combat. So let's yeah. just have like a duel that is a test of strength. But it bugs me and I don't like it. Yeah, either either they don't want her to fight or they're trying to justify her as a superhero by showing you continuously what she can do. And laying out very established, here is the challenge, the criteria yeah. for success. So yeah. it's yeah, I can't tell which is worse. Because one says that DC couldn't decide to back her appropriately and didn't think that she was going to work, or the other is sexism. I mean, because we can't have a woman fight because that would be too whatever. Like she fights aliens and robots. Yes, 
very non-human huh. things. You're right. She doesn't even fight the giants. She contest mm. battles the giants. Huh. That's a good point. We don't have any humanoid villains. At least well, in these times where she thinks yeah. she's fighting humanoid villains, like the Jesse and Billy mm. the Kid. Robots, though. Well, oh, the, and also those aliens. Were aliens. Aliens, and were, also yeah, they were aliens in like metal suits and like whatnot. But at first glance, she thought she was fighting. Right, but they they made it. They made the loophole. Yeah, those weren't humans. They were aliens, so it's okay. I think the bit that's most salient is that. Her opponents are very rarely human. Right. Uh, We don't see organized crime. Especially if you're just starting to think about all the wars going on. There is an idea that you don't want to think about fighting more people. You don't want to think about fighting people, killing people, or hurting people. And I don't know if that has to do with the comics code. Or if that had to do with the writers. I, I can't honestly I say that one of those is more well, likely than the other. Because the comics code was very specific about the type of violence that they could show. And... I think with violence, yeah. Uh, both comics code and squeamishness. Uh, pre- probably rightfully right. so. But Superman ha- and uh, Martian Manhunter had their villains be primarily human even with even when sci-fi was getting more and more of a thing, like it was still a lot of uh, organized criminals. Yeah, but but also at the same time, if they were concerned about that type of uh, message, I don't think that invasion stories would be as popular. That is a war. That's a wartime mm-hmm. situation. Granted, it's aliens, which is almost trying to like neutralize it for people in their heads. Right, it is. But at the same time, this is the height of spy town the 1950s and 60s is like soviet spy era paranoia and so i'm surprised we're not mm. seeing a lot more secret agent e plots because if you think about it the amount of times that they had like subs or foreign agents or things like that that was kind of golden age at tail end of golden age but at the same time that stuff is in the past you would think it's fair game it depends there's always the too soon. Granted, there's definitely a part of it of her character. If you just mm. think, even include all the aliens, all of the robots into it, there is almost no moments where she makes physical contact with her own fists or body ever with anybody. In, in when? In any of these fights. Anytime yeah. where it's she uses the lasso... Yeah. But aside from that, she's not punching anything. She rarely touches anyone. Yeah, the yeah. only thing she'll punch is, like, the actual contraption something is in. She never touches a being, be it human or otherwise. And I don't know if that's, like, her character given show off this lasso, or if it is probably more of the um, sexist angle. But it's it's just an interesting thing that I, that I thought of. You know, when you were saying that. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have any recommendations lately? So I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins Ooh. is a really good recommendation uh, for those of you who are into uh, RPG action-adventure games. Um, if you've played a lot of Assassin's Creed, and up until this point, 
this game will be very different control-wise and gameplay-wise. It is much more of an RPG when it comes to like outfitting yourself, upgrading gear, getting new gear, things like that. It will take you a moment to adjust, but it is very fun. Um, it is an enormous map. It's very beautiful. You can play lots of dress-up because you get tons of outfits. There is a hippodrome if you want to race horses and stuff. It's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's very interesting, and I would say if you are into the Assassin's Creed franchise, or if you haven't played them before and you thought they were kind of whatever, this is a fresh start game. If you're just looking to see what goes on, because Assassin's Creed Odyssey looks really interesting to you, um, I would play Origins first, because it seems like it is the direct successor to that. Well, if we're going to do video games... Sure, we do whatever. As a lovely, not a joke, I'm dead serious, play Arams with me in League of Legends. I swear <laughs> to God, it's amazing. Uh, no, no, you laugh. They've made some great improvements to ARAM, so it's been a little less like, while people can still troll you in chat, it's harder to troll you in-game, which is amazing, and I love it, and it's fabulous, and that game will always have a large piece of my heart. Not even a small, large piece. Sorry. Sire for Life, best pickup line I got to hear this weekend is, do you play Zyra main because you are desirable? God. Hashtag you're welcome. Bro. Yeah, beautiful. That's a good one. <laughs> um, tell them your your handle so they can. Oh them. yeah. If, if you're anyone... gonna say play arrows, if you, you <laughs> yeah. need to know. Okay, sure. Um, if you want to play with me, my handle is sour lemonade, all one word. Sour. Don't let it fool you. I swear I'm sweet lemonade because that is the best beverage on the face of this planet. I will fight you. So I don't have a game to recommend because I've just been playing DV Fighters, but I will recommend a movie that I saw for the first time on Friday. Hackers. It is. It feels very much like both the best and the... It's very easy to look at it and say, oh, I understand now some of the coolest and most horrifying parts of uh, nerd gamer culture. Hmm. Just like, oh, okay, here's the, here's the toxic misogyny, but here's also the space where people get to define their own identities in separation from uh, parents, from... Uh, uh, gender norms. Uh, here is a little bit more of that. Oh, this the meritocracy side, and here's also. Oh, I can see how the idea that this is a meritocracy becomes uh, tox applied toxically. When did but, that come out? Uh, Ninety five, apparently. Wow. Way later than I thought. I thought that that was like a late eighties, early nineties movie, but ninety five. And the soundtrack is fucking dope too. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's my recommendation. All right. Well, that'll do it for us for Wonder Woman. We got to 1960. We have a couple other characters that we can look at. Absolutely. We will get to some others now that we are kind of caught up chronologically with the whole group. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do the Hawks next. I know. Uh, so, that being said, we will see you all next time. DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and DCDetectivesPodcast.com. No amount of money on earth could get Diana to reveal her mild-mannered alter ego. Her work was too important and dangerous for her to give that information up. Giants, aliens, and robot replicas challenged her at every turn. While she dealt with them handily, she still couldn't shake Steve Trevor. But thinking back on the Justice League, we remembered that another couple had cropped up that might be worth investigating. We headed to Midway City, prepared to do some bird watching.